This is the All Into Clemson Football Podcast, the official, unofficial podcast of the Clemson Tigers. What is up, everybody? Briley here, and thank you for joining us for this midweek update. Here in a second, we'll play a conversation I had with Don Munson on Tuesday. Don is the voice of the Tigers and Clemson's director of broadcasting. We discussed the FSU game cancellation, angry William Christopher Sweeney, and the upcoming basketball season. Really, really grateful that Don joined us and want to encourage you to follow him on Twitter at WDonaldMunson. All right, I also want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. Once you've come out of your turkey coma, be sure to join us again on Friday as Carter and I, first of all, make fun of FSU and their fans, and then we'll preview the pit game set for this Saturday. Looking forward to talking to you then. Let's take a quick 30-second break to hear from our sponsor, Anchor Podcasts, and then we'll hear from Don Munson. All right, well, it's great to welcome the voice of the Tigers. You know his voice, Mr. Don Munson. Don, how are you today? I'm good. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for coming. Hey, I hear you're heading to Florida to call tomorrow's uh, Clemson-Mississippi State game, right? Yeah, I actually have two games down here. uh, We'll we'll play against Mississippi State tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, and then um, I'll have a game on Thursday either against Purdue or Liberty, one of the two. All right. Who are you hoping for, Purdue or Liberty? <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. You bring them all on. Yeah. It shouldn't matter who you're going to play. Bring them all on. Let's go get them. That's right. All right. Well, we mostly talk about football, but uh, could you give us a little preview of the uh, Tigers basketball season? Are they going to be uh, dancing in March? Well, I mean, no one has a crystal ball, So, uh, but that's that's certainly the plan. That's certainly the hope. I think this is a very deep basketball team uh, that, that Brad Brownell has. Obviously led by Amir Sims, but you, you've got uh, some pieces of the puzzle also to work with in, in Johnny Newman. I think Hunter Tyson is going to be a very pleasant surprise. He has been so far in the couple of scrimmages and practices uh, that I've seen. Uh, the new freshman class that is coming in, P.J. Hall, um, Omax, Prosper, uh, you know, both of those guys I think are to contribute right away. I think a guy like Nick Honor, who sat out last year uh, at point guard, is going to help. Uh, Alamir Dawes, I think that both those guys will split time at the point, but I think you'll also see them both on the court at the same time. Obviously, Clyde Trapp that is back. How is Jonathan Bear? Is, is he going to be able to get a season in after the knee injuries? You know, uh, but it's about as healthy as we've seen him. So I think there's a lot of pieces of the puzzle that they can put together. Alex Hemingway, obviously, from shooting outside, but I've also seen, you know, his driving game improve uh, as well. So I think there's I think there should be a lot of optimism and a lot of hope for, for Clemson as we work our way through the season. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm just happy to have college basketball back. You know, I think uh, as we get more and more of these sports back, I'm just grateful for it. I don't want to take them for granted. And uh, I'm sure you feel the same way. Well, amen to that. Uh, you know, but I think it's I think the basketball season is going to be even tougher than than football, to be honest with you. It, se- it certainly seems that way. We'll have to see is as obviously we still battle the, the COVID virus, but uh, hopefully here in the South, we'll, we'll be able to make it through, but certainly those that right now are in the North, Midwest, uh, upper Midwest, out West, uh, they're kind of getting pummeled by it again. This, this is, I guess, what the third wave of, of it all battling through. So 
That'll make for some interesting times, certainly, as we go throughout the season. <laughs> Absolutely. Interesting is a bit of an understatement. So let's uh, let's talk about the football program then. So as you mentioned, uh, with the upcoming basketball season here, uh, this season has been unusual, to say the least, uh, in football as well. So, um, you know, you have a chance to connect with the coaches. How do you feel like they've adapted to this unusual season? And how difficult really has this season been for everyone who's a part of the program at Clemson? Well, I think, you know, what what most people don't, the, it's the logistics of it all. Lo- the logistics of it all are by far the most complex that, that they've ever been through. Yeah. Uh, and also, I mean, it's, and I don't know that people understand the logistics that go through everything that go in particularly traveling a football team. I mean, it's, it's big enough when it's, when not all of this virus stuff is going on, but as, as I think you've seen a little bit of a peek into after the cancellation last week at Tallahassee, just everything that went into just traveling Clemson, to Tallahassee. I mean, the fact that they had to set up, you know, a tent in the parking lot, uh, and it's a and it's a big tent uh, that they set up in the parking lot for for social distances because the hotel didn't necessarily have the space that they needed for meeting and to yeah. be able to socially distance and all that kind of that kind of stuff. So that, other than the logistics of it, I will tell you that coming to the game itself, practice itself really has not changed all that much, to be honest with you. Oh, really? I mean, obviously, people have got masks on, you know, that are on the sideline. But from that standpoint, the game itself, the game is still the game. I mean, there hasn't been anything that's changed in the game other than them extending the sideline. So the sideline has been extended as opposed to stopping at the 25-yard line. Obviously, now it stops at the 15-yard line, so it's given them more space to – to spread out. And I think that has helped coaches as well, because obviously coaches can cheat down the line another 10 yards uh, yeah. from, from that standpoint. But the game, I don't know that the game's changed, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I mean, you have one captain that goes out there for, for the coin toss, you know, just two guys out there meeting with the officials. So there've been a little bit of things like that, but um, you know, from, from that standpoint, I don't know that, that things really have changed all that much. We're all grateful to have him back, and uh, it is nice. You know, I think we were all concerned about when the season started. Would the the product be good? Would it be the same? And and you're right. I mean, especially in Clemson, the way that they've handled the uh, the day of activities and having fans there. I think uh, Clemson, as, as usual, uh, is the premier program in the way that they've been handling these things. And so uh, that's good to hear. So you mentioned the uh, the cancellation last weekend. Uh, this is kind of, it, it's been a firestorm this week. So who's right? What's your perspective on this? Does this game get played in December? Like what in the world's going on? Uh, well, that's a $64,000 question. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, um, all, all I can tell you, and it's been reported over and over again, but as far as policy was concerned, Clemson met every protocol that was set forth by the Atlantic Coast Conference. Every protocol to, to play the game. Florida State met every protocol that was set forth by the ACC to play the football game. So what it came down to was medical expert against medical expert. Yeah. And so and that's that's what happened. Uh, you know, and the two medical experts or the two medical teams on both sides could not agree and it forced the postponement 
uh, of the contest. You wish that maybe there had been something out of the league that had come forward and said, okay, are you going to play or not going to play? Um, but that didn't happen. So it was left up to the two medical sides from both universities. And it put both of those people obviously in, in difficult positions. Now I'm going to stand by the Clemson guys because, you know, I, I know that medical staff about as, as well as anybody. And, you know, I can tell you that they, that they weren't going to approve people to play uh, if they, you know, if they didn't feel like, all right, we can do this and nobody's going to be at risk uh, by, by playing the game. Absolutely. I, and it seemed the most unusual thing to me was that the ACC was silent on that. So in the future, I mean, hopefully we don't have any more situations like this, but if another game or situation, whether it involves Clemson or not, if something like this happens again, do you think the ACC is going to step in and do something? Do you think this is going to bring about any changes in the protocols? Uh, I don't know that we know the answer to that yet. I know that at some point this week, there is a scheduled call between Clemson administration, Florida State administration, and the league office. Uh, so that, I think, is just one to work out probably some ruffled feathers on both sides yeah. and also logistics. If we're going to get together again on December the 12th, uh, you know, I can, you know, Clemson standpoint, I think Clemson standpoint has been, been very obvious is that they don't feel like they're going back down to Tallahassee again and spending, you know, over $300,000 yeah. uh, to go back down and do that when they were already there once and felt like that the game should have been played. Florida state probably doesn't feel like, well, we're not going to come to Clemson, um, <laughs> you know, so, and if Clemson is going to end up and is going to end up in Tallahassee, I think that somebody is going to help that is going to have to either foot the bill or help foot the bill uh, to go. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of unknowns that, that we just don't know at this point in time uh, surrounding, you know, surrounding it. So I think that, I think that that has to be a little bit of what, you know, coach Swinney calls the, the windshield mentality. All you can control all you can control is today and that that is right in front of you. So I think that the focus really needs, you know, has shifted as it and I don't think there's any doubt on, about that, that it has shifted to to pit. And the focus needs to be on the game coming up here on on Saturday because pit will bite you. If you give them the opportunity, <laughs> pit will pit will ruin things for you if you give them the opportunity to do that. Absolutely. They're, they're certainly a solid team this year in the ACC. So before we pivot uh, to the pit game, I want to ask you about that here in a second. But uh, I love, I mean, we all around here love Dabo Sweeney and the way that he stands up for his players and the program here. So uh, do you have like a favorite story? Like Dabo's hot under the collar this week. Absolutely. So do you have like a favorite story? Is it this week or is it sometime in the past of Dabo standing up for his players or for Clemson and just kind of like everyone loves sort of the uh, the motivated, angry Dabo. Do you have a favorite story uh, in that vein? Well, my my wife will tell you that when I see Coach Sweeney get steamed up, that's when I call him William Christopher Sweeney. It's kind of like you and I, when we were growing up as kids and mom would get after you or dad would get after you, the whole full name came out. William Donald Munson, you know, that, that came out. That's when I knew, okay, your, your radar better be up because something just happened that you did something that, that upset the apple cart. So, you know, I, I've been around a couple of William Christopher Sweeney moments. Um, probably my favorite one, though, was, was when he went on the USC rant. Uh, to be honest with you, after um, after a practice with the media 
that was back in either 11 or 12. Um, not, not exactly sure, but um, that was probably my my favorite. And if you have not seen on YouTube that rant that he goes on, it's a thing of beauty. I mean, it's just a it's an absolute thing of beauty. Uh, and so that's that's probably my all time my all time favorite. You know, I, obviously I wasn't with them in Tallahassee. I was all set to call the game off monitor back in studio, uh, as has been want with with road games here uh, in 2020. So. Um, it would have, I, it would have been very interesting to see a little bit more of what, what did go down. And I've obviously, I've talked with a lot of people that were there and did see it go down. And, uh, so, uh, William Christopher Sweeney definitely came out <laughs> the, uh, last Saturday. No, no doubt about it. Absolutely. And this week he's been swinging as well. We, we love it. It's, it, it makes it, it makes it a, a fun week. That's for sure. When he's, uh, when he's riled up like that. So good. Well, let's talk about Pitt here real quick. So. Um, unfortunately, the last game that we've seen Clemson play uh, was several weeks ago now when they lost to Notre Dame. And uh, I'm sure that's kind of left a bitter taste in their mouth. So where is this team's head right now? You know, they've had a couple of weeks to let that loss settle in. How are they handling this situation? What, how do you know, what do you feel like the overall attitude is amongst the players? Oh, I think the attitude is, is fine. I, I think, matter of fact, I think it's very good. Um, you know, one thing I can tell you, about being around the football program is, you know, first and foremost, that's, that's the first regular season loss that this team had suffered since 2017. So there were several players on the team that had never lost a regular season game, ever. Crazy. Had, had lost a regular season game. So, you know, and most, so most of those guys younger. So how, do, how does the upperclassmen help the younger kids react to that? Plus the fact, obviously at Notre Dame, you didn't have Trevor, you didn't have several guys that were on the defensive side of the football. You're missing, I think, uh, four, at least three starters, four starters, I guess, over on the defensive side of the ball as well. So, you know, how, how do the upperclassmen help handle that? Because you have to, you have to put it in the, in the rearview mirror and you have to get focused on what's ahead. And then, then you have the open week and then you go to Tallahassee and you're all geared up. I mean, you wake up Saturday morning. These guys woke up Saturday morning. They were done at breakfast. They were ready to go. And all of a sudden now another game's not going to happen. That's like taking a loss. I mean, it really is. It's, it's the same. You get the same feeling because you're all gung ho and ready to go. And then it doesn't happen. It's, it's just like you lost, you lost the opportunity to go out and reprove yourself. Yeah. So now you got to dig down a little deeper, you know, you got it. You have to find a way to dig down a little deeper. One of my favorite John Gordon phrases of all time is that we're all human. We're all going to fail. But when you fail, make sure you fail forward, that you don't let that failure knock you backwards. So when you fail, learn from it and fail forward. Be able to, even though you failed, still be able to inside you some way, shape or form, find a way to step forward. And so that's what Clemson has to do. Clemson has to shake off all of this and they need to go out there, even though they haven't played a football game now in 21 days, it'll be the longest, the longest spread since 20, since 1918, the last pandemic here in America that hit us with the Spanish flu. Clemson went 29 or 28 days between games oh, wow. uh, back in night. They came back, but that game that they did get to play after that break was against South Carolina. And they came out and blitzkrieg South Carolina, 39, nothing. So, Hopefully you get that kind of response. 
hopefully they come out and they take care of business and they do it in a big way against Pitt. Absolutely. And it's too bad it can't be against South Carolina, too. We, I wish <laughs> I wish we could experience yeah, that again. It's a shame because this would be the weekend normally that we would be playing South Carolina. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. But, well, yeah, hopefully we'll get it next year at least. So, okay, so in this game, what is there like a matchup that you feel like is the most important that you're going to be looking at? I know a lot of people have been talking about the offensive line and uh, maybe even the defensive line as well. But is there like a, a matchup or a player that you're going to be watching specifically this Saturday to, to see improvement maybe, or just to see how they handle uh, this game? Oh, I think the biggest thing that I'm going to watch is because I know what Pitt's going to do. They're going to stack the box and they're going to bring extra people. So how does the offensive line, how does the tight end, how does the running back, particularly when they have to pick up and pass pro, how do all those guys operate? Uh, you know, Clemson's offensive line has been, you know, has, has not had the best press since the, uh, since the Notre Dame game and maybe even before the Notre Dame game. So now the five guys that are up front along with the tight end, and I count the tight end as, as kind of an offensive lineman, they, they got to make sure that they're, they have their assignments and they got to make sure that they're just doing their job. All right. Right tackle. You just do your job. Don't worry about what the, what the right guard is doing, or if a tight end is beside you, worry what he is doing. You do your job. And I can tell you that if, if that is what happens, then I think we'll, that'll be pretty good because the, the pit defense, the, the pit defensive front line, really their front seven, and they, they, lead the, they lead the nation in tackles for a loss. I think they're second in the nation in sacks. So you got to make sure that, that that's the matchup that you're watching and that's the matchup that Clemson definitely has to win. It'll be a fun matchup for sure and a good challenge for them. Um, do you do you feel like this is going to be I get you talked about the bad press a little bit there that, you know, the offensive line has received and after the loss, do you feel like Clemson is just about to go on an absolute tear? Like is this the motivation? Are they motivated to just go out there and crush everyone in their path. I just get that sense that this is stacking up after the loss, after the cancellation at FSU, after some of the bad press. I just get the sense that this is stacking up to become a, a moment where they just rip off a bunch of wins in a row here and they, you know, they take it in all that motivation into the playoff. Do you feel the same way? Well, I, I will tell you that I'm very confident in that when we get to the month of December, that that, that when we get there, that it will be the most healthy that this football team really has been the entire year. And that would even be going back to the beginning of the season because we even opened up the beginning of the season banged up, came out of August camp, banged up a little bit. But I, my, the confidence that I have in just what I have seen and also just the way that, the, that I can tell guys are bouncing back from injury, that once we get into December, we're going to be playing at full tilt or we're going to be playing at least with a full hand deck wise a full deck good uh whereas we have not been that way so that that gives me that gives me quite a bit of confidence uh in what what this team is going to be able to do and, and try to finish off 2020 by you know winning an acc championship got to get there first though got to earn your way there getting into the playoffs winning a semifinal game making it to the national championship game seeing if they can't win win all of that again uh so I'm, I'm pretty confident that we're still 
about to see the best Clemson football we haven't seen it yet so far here in 2020. All right, that's what I like to hear. They've been pretty good, but yeah, you're right. We haven't really seen the full team at or you know the team at full strength yet. So hey, just a couple more questions before we get you out of here. Um, you mentioned that like on road games, you're you know you're calling them remotely and things like that. How difficult has that been for you? Um, it, you know, the football team has had an unusual season, and so have you. So, how have you adapted to the, you know, to the differences that uh, COVID has brought about this season? Well, I mean, I will tell you, and again, my my wife, if she would talk, she would she would tell you as well. I really wasn't happy with it, but again, you have to make the best of the situation. You have to. So, I in my own mind, I turn it. You know what? I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow from this. Game number one taught me a lot of things. That that first game that I had to call against uh, Wake Forest, it taught me a lot. And it was little things, things that it, when you're sitting in a press box, you see the entire breadth of the field and you know certain things, just little keys. Like, for instance, you don't you won't recognize this, but we're like when the red hat is about to walk out with a little timer sign for a timeout. Yeah. Well, I can see that he's moving out there when I'm in booth. But when you're watching it on monitor and you're all you're getting is the actual television feed that you're seeing back home, that all of us are seeing across the nation on a television, that's what you're seeing. Then you don't get that little thing. Or, for instance, you know, uh, when a running back gets it and all of a sudden he bursts on a long run, the camera doesn't stay wide. What does the camera do? The camera zooms and pulls in to get closer in on the action. So you really don't have a sense of where that person is on the field. I mean, you just, you don't have any sense of where they are on the field. You know, say they started the 27 yard line, a guy goes on a 20, 23 yard run. Well, by the time that they get to the 30 yard line, which you can see, but beyond that, you have no idea where he is. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you just, and that, that, and same thing on passes, deep passes, you know, what do they do? They zoom in on the wide receiver where he's catching it. You have no idea where he is on the field or necessarily who is catching it because you are watching it on a monitor and, and sometimes they don't pull back wide enough to give you the full set at the snap and to see who is actually in the game. Can you pick up numbers uh, and that kind of thing? Uh, so it's, I mean, there's, I could go on and on and on of just about little minutia things that probably people don't understand. Um, you know, when they're, when they're watching on television or, that I, because radio is vastly different from, from television. You can watch a game on television and not say a word if you don't want to. Yeah. I mean, that was the brilliance of Pat Summerall. Pat Summerall was, <laughs> yeah. you know, hand off Tony Dorsett. 49 yards later, he would say, touchdown Dallas, <laughs> you know, and then he'd let Madden go do his thing. Um, so, but you, obviously when you're in radio, you can't do that. You know, where's the ball? Is the ball on the left hash? Is the ball on the right hash? Are there two wide receivers left? Are there are there two wide receivers right? Do they go trips right? Is it in a stack set? Or is it a triangle set? Where's the running back? Is he is he pistol formation or no? He's he's back behind, you know, right side or off the shoulder, left side. I mean, you have to describe all of that because it's radio, because people are depending upon you to paint the picture. Whereas television, a picture says a thousand words. Well, as a radio guy, you got to spit out a thousand words. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so it's fair you know, to say it, that it makes, it's fair to say it that radio is. Oh, sorry, <laughs> it's fair to say that radio is much more difficult than television, huh? You're, you're, you're better. Well, than, I, 
I, I mean, I, I, any broadcaster will tell you that radio is much more difficult than television. I mean, it just is. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's a, particularly for a play-by-play guy. For, for a color guy, probably not that much. But for a play-by-play guy, they are two completely different beasts. I mean, completely different beasts. And obviously, I've worked enough television and worked, obviously, enough radio in my life to understand that. I, whenever I'm doing a television event, I always tell the color commentator that's, that's with me, I said, listen, my job here is to just be a straight man. Your job is to provide, is, is to fill in everything. That's, that's the job of a color commentator. A great yeah. color commentator does exactly that. Again, I mentioned Madden and Summerall. That's why the two of them were so fantastic together because Summerall stayed out of Madden's way and let Madden do his thing. Um, so, but they're, they're vastly different beasts when, when you get, when you get down to it. Oh, I'm sure. Well, you're the master at it and uh, we'll have to have you on again. I'd love to talk to you about, uh, you know, who your favorite broadcasters are and how you got into the whole thing as well, but I don't want to take too much of your time here. So, um, Hey, well, that's really all I have for you today. Do you have uh, I don't, do you do predictions? Are you allowed to do predictions? You know, I'm not a big prediction uh, person to be honest with you. I have my friends, all the time asking me, well, you know, what do you think? And I've learned, and it's probably because being around Coach Sweeney so much is that you don't know until you see it. You don't <laughs> know right. until the guys get out there and play. What, you know, what's, because you, you don't. From play to play, it is, it is really a game of execution. And if you go out there and protect the football and execute, the, and you have, and, I'll, you know, let's be really frank, if Clemson controls controls the football, doesn't turn it over, execute talent-wise, they're just better than everybody else. Yeah. Other than maybe about three or four teams in the country. Yeah. And so that's a big, big factor. But when Clemson turns the ball over, when they're when somebody misses an assignment, has a mental error, then that shows those shows up. Now you're not going to play perfect, but that's the, always the goal is to try to play perfect. But you know, so I I never get into predictions because. You never know what's going to happen. It's uh, I let my wife take care of all my worrying for me. She's my she's my worrier, <laughs> so I let her do all all of that for me. And uh, I go in. Doesn't matter if it's game one or if it's the national championship game. When I hit the booth, I'm I'm more excited. What am I about to see? What am I going to get the opportunity to call here in over the next sixty minutes or whatever it takes in football, and obviously over forty minutes and whatever it takes for basketball and baseball nine innings or whatever it takes uh in baseball um and i just love that aspect of of being able and and i'm a big believer that the game is the story that i yes i come in with all kinds of of facts and things written down on my spot board that i can get to but really it's the game itself that's the story Uh, you won't hear me talking a lot about you know what has happened during the week or what's coming up or what other teams are doing or what is the talk you know Nationally, I, I just don't get into that because people are tuning in on the Clemson radio to listen to the Clemson broadcast and they need to hear that. They don't need to hear all the other all the other stuff that the game itself will give us enough to talk about. That's right. That's right. And let's hope there's a game this week for you to call instead of uh, what happened last week. So thanks. Thanks for coming on today to talk about all that other random stuff. And we look forward to hearing you this Saturday as well. Where can, uh, where can the folks listen to the basketball game or watch the basketball game tomorrow? Well, obviously, you can uh, you can find it on the Clemson Tigers uh, network. 
uh, in the upstate of South Carolina. That means our flagship station right there in, in Clemson is WCCP. So that's 105.5 FM. You, you can also catch it on the streaming service through their website. Tune in. We'll have it on their streaming service in Greenville, WESC 92.5 and FM. Uh, you can you can catch it there in the upstate, but you can also go to ClemsonTigers.com and you can find a radio station or also the link to the game will be right there. CBS Sports Network will have it on. We'll have it on television. But if you're going to do that, always turn on the television, but turn down the sound. Sync us up with the uh, with the action that you're seeing on television. That's right. I'm going to do that for sure tomorrow. So, okay. well, thanks for talking with us today. And uh, for our listeners out there, be sure to follow Don on Twitter at WDonaldMunson. Looking forward to hearing uh, the call tomorrow. Have a safe rest of your trip, Don. I appreciate it. Always good to spread a little gospel of the Clemson Tigers. Go Tigers. (laughs) All right. Go Tigers. Thank you. Be all in on the best Clemson podcast around by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And while you're there, it'd be cool if you left us a positive review.